0: My next guest is Lisa Giesen-Bauer. Lisa is the president of Evolution Marketing based in Wisconsin, USA. Evolution Marketing works within the environmental, socially responsible and sustainability niche that is also managed in an environmentally responsible manner. The greater awareness there is of sustainable development goals globally, the greater the collective change we can create. I hope you learn a little from this conversation and think about your own carbon footprint as a result welcome lisa to the ethical evolution
1: hello thank you for having me
0: uh you are so welcome now you're joining us from the us uh and uh, can you tell us who you are and what you do
1: sure my name is uh, lisa Giesenbauer, and i am a sociologist who is a practitioner of sustainability strategies processes and programs my company evolution marketing is a certified B corporation specializing in the areas of global sustainability consulting and storytelling, environmentally responsible creative design, and ethical marketing. <laughs> so when we actually we use ethical marketing in our write up, which fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about today.
0: Wow, wow! What a mouthful, Lisa. That is <laughs> now you, we were just talking off air, and uh, you you said you've been around doing this kind of stuff for fourteen years now. Um, how is it that you differ? From regular marketing,
1: that is a great question. Um, so, first of all, like as I said at the beginning, I really am a sociologist, so I don't have a business background. I didn't go to business school. Um, I've been trained as a rural and environmental sociologist, um, undergrad and graduate work here in the U.S. And um, when I was in grad school, I actually. Worked on a program. It, it was called um, the LTER, the Long Term Ecological Research Project. So I was a so, social scientist brought in to work with hard scientists and to help them communicate about the things they were doing and help them to interact with farmers in the community. So really, my entire training, even in communications, is coming from or has come from working with um, community members and farmers and um, helping farmers to understand the how to interact with them with the community and how to help scientists talk to farmers so So really I'm, I'm super unique and different. I'm in a real niche. And so I like to say we're sustainability consulting first, Marcom second, because the work we do is all within the sustainability field. Mm -hmm. And then inside of sustainability, we help our clients. If they have like, say a new product, say you were telling me about your shirts, how you have these new, really cool organic uh, t-shirts that are coming. Mm -hmm. Well, we would then help you to take that t-shirt and market it to your target market. So we do the Marcom side after the sustainability has been put in place. So we're really kind of a niche with, in a niche so we're, we're pretty unique
0: and I love that you know like I think there's so many people who don't actually get to the grassroots of why they're doing something and the impact that they can make um and I think you know through marketing and through products that we create uh, we can really um, have that collective change that that we talk about so often on this show
1: so many so we're in a time right now of innovation right mm. like the world is innovating in in ways that we've never thought about you've got uh, you know ai artificial intelligence the manufacturing world there's all this cool innovation happening but what happens is scientists or researchers come up with a really cool product or process and it's amazing and they go to market to try to sell it and they can't sell it because the general public only understands a wee bit of the information about the product or process because it's so cool and innovative but it's also really steeped in research. Mm. And so that's one of the areas where we really, um, way back when, so this was 2010, we helped one of our clients, they're a a gearbox manufacturer, rephrase, (laughs) they are a remanufacturer of wind turbine gearboxes. So they take wind turbine gearboxes that have, that that have problems with their bearings and gearings and stop working, Bring them down from the wind turbine. Our crane brings them down, bring them on a truck to their plant, and then they remanufacture that wind turbine gearbox and then send it back out to the field. So they were the first company in the United States to do this. We helped them back in 2010, their name is called Gearbox Express. We helped them with their original marketing. We did their logo and we helped them get investors. And part of the issue was they were having a hard time talking to the market Mm. at that point about the technology because it was such a new thing in the US. Now, folks in Europe knew about it, right? but not here in the US. Mm. So I think that's kind of the space we work in, which is really cool. I mean, so there's a lot of amazing innovations that we see happen, but it's also makes it a little bit challenging sometimes for our clients because they're like, this is awesome. Why does everybody think it's awesome? And I'm like, well, I think it is awesome, but (laughs) the world doesn't understand there needs additional knowledge, you know, about your product to sell it. And that's where the sustainability communications come in.
0: So you're, you're a bit like an interpreter, aren't you?
1: Yes, I am an interpreter. I, I am an interpreter. That is correct.
0: Yeah, to, to just wrap it in a bow for you. Um, so it's really just um, you know, not, don't want to say dump down, but it's it's make it understandable for the layman, right?
1: Mm-hmm, for the public. Right. Yeah. And and it's, that's where you have to know your audiences. Right. So mm. if you're talking to, if you're in the B2B market, which is very different than B2C or some combination thereof. I mean, so I'm always like, what's the niche market that you're going after? And everyone's like, well, we want X, Y, and Z to be our customers. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Every person who's 20 to 70 is not going to be your customer. Yes. Like, let's like, have a conversation about this.
0: Yeah. And isn't it funny um, when, when people are trying to target a niche, they're just like, I just want everyone. It's like, well, technically no, it's like going from that sprinkler to a, to a trickle, you know, it's like um, mm-hmm. it, once you get the focused niche, uh, that's where you're going to get results.
1: Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, that's where we've been working for 14 years and mm. I love being in this space though. At times it's challenging because the public doesn't always understand what I do, you know? So I, I, i hopefully my messaging has worked out over time. Um, I have a funny story to tell you though about ethical marketing. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So a couple of years ago, um, one of my friends called me who owns a certified B Corp and he said, Lisa, I want you to help us with our social impact report. I said, Oh sure. We, you know, evolution marketing would love to, cause this is kind of the time when social impact reports are trying to get popular, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I was like, okay, this is great, so we're talking, and he's like, well, you know, we have a policy at our business. I'm like, oh, you do? What's that? We only hire ethical marketing agencies, and I was like, (laughs) Evolution Marketing is an ethical marketing agency? He's like, well, of course, you're a certified B Corp, (laughs) and I was like, oh, okay, and it's kind of interesting because I've heard this now from many people, you know, that because we're a certified B Corp, uh, we became one in 2018, and we're going through a research now Cause you do it every three mm. years. It's it's just raised our profile and changed how others perceive us, even though in my mind, we haven't really done anything different, mm. you know, in the last three years than we did the whatever, the 10 years before that, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and we were just talking about, um, uh, big corp certification. And when I started the agency, it was actually something I looked into and it, it is a mammoth task, uh, and, um, congrats on you for getting through it. Um, but it, it, it is almost like that stamp of approval that, that you are a business who is making a difference and making an impact.
1: It is, it totally is. And what's amazing to me is when we started again, way back when in 2007, you know, um, there was no certified B Corp mm. then, right? Mm. Um, 1% for the planet had just started. So we're also part of the 1% for the planet family of companies, which means we give back at least 1% of our total sales every year. Uh, usually it's much more than that, but at least 1%. Mm. Um, and even carbon neutral, there weren't any, nowadays there's carbon neutral certifications. And so, mm. and by the way, we also offer our services in a carbon neutral manner because I'm a huge proponent of addressing carbon and climate. Yep. Uh, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, those didn't even exist, you know. So we, in just such a short time, we've come so far in these third-party certifications. Do you know there's only 3,500 of them now in the CPG yeah. space?
0: Yeah, it has just exploded. Nice? Like, yeah, that's in, yeah. and that's such a great uh, way forward, um, you know, for the planet. Really?
1: I'm all for it, but sometimes I'm like, there's a lot of them, you know? So <laughs> I kind of focus on the, the 10 that I think are probably the most important, um, yeah. my, what were my clients. But yeah, it's it's just amazing. I mean, just the shift in transparency, right? In communication mm. and expectations that the consumers have and the, the public has for what your business is doing. I mean, it's amazing. So like, I think all of this fits in this, this kind of, you're talking about the new model of ethics and mm. the new way the business should be. I think it all kind of fits together. Yeah. And
0: it, it all comes back to decision-making, doesn't it? You know, on, on every single level of everything that we do. And, um, people, if you've listened to this podcast, you will hear me say it, um, over and over again that, you know, it's, um, what I do today impacts your tomorrow. So it takes one person to impact many. I mean, gosh, look what COVID did, but, um, you know, it just starts with you.
1: I totally agree. And I have listened to many of your podcasts. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) Now I'm a fan too. Ooh,
0: Um, now, (laughs) Lisa, can you tell us about some of the, uh, clients that you've helped, um, and the difference that you've made? I know you were talking about those wind turbine gearboxes, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, but what other kind of stuff have you done?
1: Sure. So, um, at Evolution Marketing, we like to break our clients down into categories. So, um, we really like to work with women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses, as well as nonprofits. And there's a little video um, on the front page of the Evolution Marketing website that my intern, Lena, she just my spring semester intern, completed, have showcasing all of the 20, um, 2020 impacts, like the social impacts for Evolution Marketing. Mm-hmm. And in that, she breaks down the video, and then so it's women-owned businesses. Um, so, well, okay, well, I'm going to call B Corp businesses, but they don't always have to be. But purpose-driven mission-based businesses as my bigger category. Right. Um, And then we also work with small businesses such as farmers and then groups I like to call our underrepresented. So working with local governments. And then I've I've worked with some farmers who are super small and they, they need help, but they can't afford full price uh, from marketing companies. So I have, it's about a percentage of our work every year is with under, I call it underrepresented groups. Mm. So whether it be government or farmers and then for working with women, women businesses um, last year, it was, 26% 26% of our clients were women-owned businesses. 26% were nonprofits. Um, I don't remember the rest of the numbers around <laughs> the website, though. There's, a, there's an adorable video that Lena did that kind of showcases that. But so, I mean, we try really to help other businesses who couldn't find... who. How do I say this away? Really, we try to help businesses who... We want to see be successful in the world and to share our values. And in a lot of cases, I don't know if you know this, but in Wisconsin, only 10% of our businesses are women owned. So to me, this is like a huge problem. I mean, the national average for the US is between 39 and 42%. So that to me is a super challenge. So, Mm. my kind of my pet mission is to increase women business ownership in the state of Wisconsin, um, as well as I have several female friends who are women of color who own businesses in Wisconsin. So I really want to help them be successful as well. So that's kind of the the clients that I'm working with. Um, I can tell, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff over the years to help our clients and then through our client work, we've also helped the greater community. So I can talk more about that. You just got to tell me when to stop because I can <laughs> go on for hours.
0: Well, it sounds like you're, you're actually doing that ripple effect that we often talk about. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, as you help clients, that helps the community and, and, and onward it goes, um, and look yeah. out Wisconsin cause, um, you're coming.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And I put it this way. I've been here and watch out because, uh, don't mess with Lisa in Wisconsin. <laughs> but so and so you know, I'm in one of the most conservative counties in the state of Wisconsin. So I've been operating my business in a really red county for wow. a really long time. Wow, mm-hmm. well done you. So I'm change maker, but it, it's hard sometimes, but we're <laughs> doing it. We're, going on moving forward.
0: I love that. And you know, um then which leads me into the next question, um which no doubt has a little bit to do with the uh, the area that you're in. Um what what is the biggest challenge for you in the work that you do and how do you overcome it?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. So the, the biggest challenge I have really is being ahead of the curve. Mm. So meaning that it, Wisconsin is a conservative state as a whole. Um, but when a business here decides to do sustainability, they're legit. Like they're going to continue to do sustainability. It's not like a trend, like, Oh, yeah. I just want to be green this week. Yep. It's it's legitimate. But sometimes I, f- I find myself trying to persuade clients to, to engage in sustainability, and that's really hard because I've been in this space for over 20 years. I went, to, I started grad school in 1999, so I mean, I'm a little bit older, have some life experiences, and working in sustainability. So. I can talk about things that I've seen happen in other places, um, or that are happening in other countries even, and bring them to Wisconsin and to tell those stories or put those things into effect at evolution Marketing. So for example, we do, like I said, a carbon footprint every year. So I've been talking about carbon footprinting for years. Mm. Well, now all of a sudden, oh, okay, carbon footprints are important. We need to start doing that, which is great. I mean, I'm really glad we've come a long way, but- being ahead of the curve sometimes is a challenge because my audience doesn't understand what I'm talking about, or they don't think we need to do that. You know? So it's, sometimes I find myself in situations where, um, I just want to scream. But instead (laughs) of screaming, what I do is I really try to put myself in the other person's shoe because I feel like as a sociologist, if I can't meet somebody where they're at, I'm not doing any good. Right. Mm. So, one of the things I think that's been a challenge, but also a blessing, is that I am trained as a sociologist. So I can step back and say, This isn't about Lisa, right? This is about company X or a community that we're located in or a farmer group, right? And so so put myself in the farmer's shoes or put myself in somebody else's shoes, see how things from their perspective, okay, meet them where they're at. And every little bit of advancement is making a difference. You know, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in this idea of it has to be 110% perfection, right? And we have to all do X today. We all have to be carbon neutral right now. I mean, okay, that would really be great if Everybody in the world could be carbon neutral right now because climate change is real. It is kind of, you know, scary, but I don't, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just being a realist. If you start working on addressing climate change now and you can reduce your energy consumption, say, by 25% this year over last year, that's a great step forward, right? And then work to do something else the next year, you know? So you have to start someplace. I'm, I'm a real practical and pragmatic that way.
0: Yeah. And you know, what came to me there, Lisa, is we just need to be conscious, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we just go through our lives on autopilot, we create waste, we create, you know, all these emissions and have no actual awareness of what our footprint is and what we do. And I reckon, you know, if people had an easy way to understand that, they would change their habits. Like if each person knew what their carbon footprint was on a daily basis, imagine the change that could happen.
1: I totally agree. And I was, um, so two weeks ago, I was on the phone with a colleague of mine. She lives in the Kiev and she was telling me she does sustainable travel. And she and I were talking about how she wants to find an easy way for folks when they travel, when they fly someplace to offset the carbon footprint of their flight. Mm. And so I was telling her, like, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some like, cool resources right now. Um, carbonfund.org has, is a website and they do carbon offsetting. So you can literally go to Carbon Fund and you can put airline car rental. Yeah. I'm getting married, whatever it is, into it, and they will tell you what the carbon footprint is. And then you can offset that with a with a click. And you can pick the project you want to use to offset your carbon with it. That's which how awesome. cool, is that right?
0: Yeah. Well there's airlines here in Australia that when you purchase your ticket online, you can actually choose to actually offset the carbon of your trip.
1: See how awesome is that. Yeah. That's even I mean that's even better. Yeah.
0: Australia rules <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we true. know we know
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah I think there needs to be and this is a big space for innovation I think you know like mm-hmm. just getting that awareness and understanding of of you know just those things that you've mentioned um and it, it is interesting that you mentioned getting married like people would not think that you know getting married or any kind of party or celebration or that kind of plan yep. has an impact but it does a huge impact mm-hmm. actually
1: Especially if you're talking about a destination wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I did did a podcast in Wisconsin two years ago, I think. And the woman who was doing the podcast with me was asking me all these questions about carbon. So I told her and she's like, well, this is great. I'm going to use this when I get married. You know, she's like, I had no idea I could Ah. offset the carbon footprint of my wedding. You know, and it's just those things that we just, you don't know unless you don't, you only know if you know it, right? If you don't know it, you don't know what you don't know. So I try really hard to just raise awareness when I'm speaking with people because there's so much that's happening in the world and in this space, right? And there's new programs coming out each and every day, which are awesome, but it's hard to get all that information, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that's why I love um, doing this podcast. Sometimes I annoy the crap out of people because I am just this wealth of useless information (laughs) because I've learnt so much. No such
1: thing as useless information. Not useless but trivia,
0: you know. (laughs) You name it, (laughs) I know it. Um, Which leads me to my next question, Lisa. Um, I'm curious to ask what does ethical mean to you?
1: I wrote up my own definition (laughs) (laughs) but I I say that um, because right now I'm working on our, um, what is it called? Let me get the, what's the right word? It is called Code of Conduct for evolution marketing. So I'm working on that right now for the organization as part of our B Corp recertification. So it's got all the policies and practices and protocols for the business. And lately, several of my colleagues in Europe have been talking about um, ethical marketing and saying, why don't marketing companies, why, are, why aren't they addressing the ethics of marketing? Because if you're marketing a product, that's not good, right? You're making more waste. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> Let's Lisa put one, her, my definition together. So here it is operating in a manner that is consistent with a larger social framework that's based on conforming to acceptable standards of conduct, such as, now I have a list here <laughs> because it's not just one thing. So in the United States, we have um, a federal, so the federal trade commission has green marketing guidelines. So so one of those is the green federal trade commission's green marketing guidelines. The next one, the United Nations sustainable development goals. The next one, you, the UN guiding principles on business and human rights. So those are my big ones, and then I also was looking at kind of like the UN Ethics Office, and I mean, in all sincerity, I think when I think about ethics, I think about what is the what globally is accepted, right? And I really like um, the UN's definition of well, one in the Sustainable Development Goals, which is everyone everyone's familiar with. This is SDGs, right? Mm, Or do I do I need to explain? No, no. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I mean, I really like the Sustainable Development Goals, where they talk about basically you can't have um, human rights without environmental rights, and you can't you can't um, address climate change without also addressing gender equity. Right, mm-hmm. everything is globally connected; they're all interconnected like this, right? And so every of each one of the SDGs is, is dependent upon the other one. So they all have to be achieved together in order to be successful. Not that you couldn't work towards meeting one in your own business, but globally, we as a society have to work towards meeting all of them in order to really make change happen. So like, to me, that makes the most sense. And it's a global perspective, you know, for ethics. I love that.
0: that. I love that. Um, and you know, there's so many answers I get to that question and I love them all. Um, but none's wrong. None are wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, I love that, um, how they're all interconnected and without one, the other doesn't really exist. Um, and you know, I think that holistic view of things is, is, is super important. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: Right, exactly. And, and, and I know hopefully later we're going to talk about just looking, I have a, I want to talk about inequalities and I want to bring in the UN again there because the reality is. Everything in this world is built on these systems of inequality. Mm. And the only way to make change happen in an ethical way or a sustainable way is to address those systems of inequality and co-create this new new world. And it's all globally connected, right? So to me, whether you want to call it ethics or sustainability or... responsible business, right? Or Whatever word you want to use, mission-based, purpose-driven, it's all connected together, right? Mm. We can't address one thing without addressing the others. And I think that's where maybe it's harder for people who are not trained as social scientists, or maybe who haven't had systems thinking to think about this because they don't think about things being connected. They think of everything being siloed. Mm. But in my mind, everything's connected, right? So it's, it's taking that and Applying it to addressing these issues and problems we see in our society.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, so you've been talking about, uh, you know, your B Corp recertification and working on your your code of conduct. Um, what else are you working on at the moment? What's coming up for you?
1: <laughs> Good question. So one of my goals this year—you're probably going to laugh when I tell you what it is—was <laughs> that I really got into. Share with the world. So, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of public speaking. And because COVID happened last year, I couldn't go to conferences like I normally would. So, everything went online, which, which is wonderful. So, I had the opportunity to do um, conferences, you know, speaking conferences via video. But it's not the same thing as being in person. So Mm -hmm. then I started getting asked to be on podcasts. And I'm like, I love podcasts. They are so awesome. So my goal this year, so 2021, was to be on at least two podcasts a month. And on those podcasts, I would talk about holistic sustainability, the SDGs, climate change, climate action, and the systems of inequalities that exist in the world.
0: And it sounds like you've nailed that goal today.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I thought I would just push, right? So instead of having, I mean, it's not that, not, not that any conversation people have is good or bad, Mm. but I wanted to be a pusher. I wanted to push out these ideas and get people to think because I feel like coming out of, and so back here in the United States right now, we're coming out of COVID. And Mm. so everything's opening up again and everyone keeps talking about, oh, it's going to be, we're going to go back to the way it was. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to have a new normal and we yeah. need to take this opportunity now to figure out what that new normal looks like. Mm. And so I felt like by going out on podcasts and talking about things that maybe are controversial or hot topics, that could help individuals to think about how they can take and make change happen in in their world as they're coming out of COVID now.
0: Yeah. And there's an absolute reason you and I were meant to meet and um, <laughs> yeah, we have so much in common. And, um, you know, I really love that goal, can I just say, because, um, you know, my mission uh, is to actually help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to get their message out via a podcast. So that's what the agency here does in creating podcasts for people who are making an impact.
1: So- Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I found you online and I was like, this is amazing.
0: So, you know, the power of podcasts is incredible, absolutely incredible, particularly when it's mission-driven and full of impact. And I love that you've chosen that medium to actually reach people because it's probably going to be the most far-reaching option you're going to grab right now.
1: I think so too. And you're my second podcast I've done in Australia. Yeah. And it's it's like, I mean, I'm doing podcasts around the world, which Mm. is awesome because, I think sometimes too, we get siloed in the U S like, it's always like, Oh, what the U S thinks or what I think here in my state. And it's like, no, we're in a global world. Right. And so to me, it's like, I I don't know. I just, i love talking to people who are from other cultures Mm. and other places because they have a different perspective. And I feel like many people outside the U S appreciate one another and maybe they appreciate that we're all globally connected and they actually care about the sustainable development goals and they want to meet them. Yeah. It's just like I want to work to meet the Sustainable Development
0: Goals. Yeah, and look, in Australia, podcasting is is booming at the moment, absolutely booming to the point where we're actually having a podcasting conference here next month. So wow. it's it's really taking off. And, yeah, I speak to people all around the world as well on similar topics like we are today. Um, and it is a connector. It is a huge connector. Mm-hmm. And that's why I absolutely love this show so much.
1: No, I love your show too on my <laughs> My husband said to me, "Well, Lisa, you need to do your own show someday." And I was like, "Well, let me give down other people's shows for a year, and then maybe in 2022 I can do my own show because I'm learning every time I'm on somebody else's show. You know what works, right?" And- well,
0: Lisa, that's the idea I had in the back of my head. So we'll have a chat after this.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that sounds great.
0: Now, if people want to find out more about what you do and they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: So, we have a website. Mm-hmm. its uh, green mkting and here's my cool, free thing for all of your listeners. We have um, on our website my intern, my previous intern, Lena, who I was just talking about a couple minutes ago, she um, she explained to me earlier this year when she started her internship with me that one of the things she liked about evolution marketing was the fact that we shared all kinds of resources for free on our website. I said, well, of course, isn't that what we're supposed to do? You know, as business. And then she wanted to explain to me that in one of her classes, um, she had learned about environmental racism, and that a form of environmental racism in the 2020 and, and beyond, you know, so nowadays, is that organizations have um, deep knowledge about sustainability topics, but they don't share them publicly. Mm. And to me, when I learned about environmental racism again 20 years ago, or maybe a little bit more than that, um, it was about putting a. Um, coal plant, you know, in in a community or a toxic waste dump in a community of color, mm. and that's still environmental racism. But hurt. But Lena was telling me about the newer definition of sharing information and resources. So one of the things that we did during her internship was to create um, little micro sites on the Evolution Marketing website to talk about people, planet, and profit. So the three P's, mm. and then we tied in. Um, economic viability with the SDGs that are tied to that, and then a full resource section. Same thing for environmental stewardship, as well as on um, the social side of sustainability, so corporate social responsibility. So that's all on our website. There's a, a message at the front of the website that talks about that and how we believe it's really important to share open source resources because there's so much happening in the space. And so I'm trying, now that my intern has gone away, I'm trying, I like have a list of things I have to do to update, but I'm trying in real time, as I learn about new resources, to keep putting them up there, um, really just to help businesses who are trying to begin their journey to sustainability or even trying to understand, you know, if they have to go to their bosses to persuade them about sustainability. There's some really great stuff like Larry Fink's BlackRock Letter from earlier this year. Like that's, that's linked on the economic viability page. So this is information that people may not know about unless they're in this space.
0: Yeah. And I, I and guess that- On LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like what we were just talking about before is like, you know, you, you know what you know, right? So mm-hmm. we've just got to get this stuff out there.
1: Exactly. And, and thank goodness for Lena. I mean, she did such a great <laughs> job of building the site out. It's, it's so good. And I just, I love that it's tied into each of the SDGs. And then like the video, like I said, she made the in the front of the site talks about the triple bottom line, what that means, the SDGs tied to it, and then how it's an action and evolution marketing. So, I mean, I feel like videos, web links, you know, just getting out there, sharing with people. Because again, People hear about this stuff, but they may not know how it works, right? Or they might be intimidated. Like, oh, it's hard to do a carbon footprint. Actually, it's really not that difficult to do a carbon footprint. And We have a whole video series that we worked on last year on the website to help you to do your own carbon footprint, you know, stuff like that.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, so just give us that uh, website address once more, please. Oh,
1: Sure. It's green, G-R-E-N-M-K-T ing.com. so uh, it's a short version of market so green mkti i'm also on linkedin on our evolution marketing llc a certified b corp awesome so you can find us there too
0: awesome now i got the last big question for you okay what's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life
1: okay so the change that i'd like to see in the world according to the united nations human rights office of the high commissioner extreme inequalities are the defining issue of our time Raising inequalities are undercutting development progress, fostering poverty eradication, and producing social, political, and economic instability. So we, <laughs> as certified B Corp leaders and people working in the business for good movement, have a real opportunity right now to adopt the framework of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals in order to address extreme inequalities. So I would like us as a world to, to address this extreme inequalities. It's time, we, we, we can't wait any longer.
0: Wow, holy wow <laughs> that is that is a big one big
1: one I'm working on it as my <laughs> interns and all the people in my network because I mean we have to right there's 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 not a question there's not an if it's a when right mm. we, we can't we can't keep talking about making change happen and then not doing anything mm. right I mean, stuff has to change now. And I mean, and it's dire and I don't want to use scare tactics to address this because mm. it's, because I don't think that works. You know, yeah. it's a we'll t- have an opportunity. time time for know? action,
0: isn't it? Really?
1: It is. Mm. It's a huge time for action.
0: Enough talk. Enough talk.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Let's get out there. Let's, let's make do it do happen. It. <laughs> let's, to, quote, to quote my marketing associate, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, Lisa, thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. You have been so much fun.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure for me too. I can't even wait <laughs> to share your podcast with the world.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, Visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate
1: Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a-
1: cast.